You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, we have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have two guests this hour that I think uh, will be well worth listening to, one for your education, the other for your experience. The first is an author, Zach Elwood, Zachary Elwood. He had written Reading Poker Tells, a very, very well-received book, and he has a new one now on a subject that I think has not really been written about at all that I think uh, I'm eager to share with you. It's called Verbal Poker Tells by Zachary Elwood. We're going to be talking to him about that. And then for your poker playing experience, we have Kelly Kellner, who is with the Canadian Poker Tour, talking about what's going on up there, and there are a whole bunch of things. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and sit-and-goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you trust, so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure. And now with a $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. 
That's JerseyManMagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. A poker face carved in marble. (laughs) Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We have a really great guest and author on... Um, his name is Zachary Elwood. I, I think if you're a poker player, you're a serious poker player, and you want to explore the literature of poker tells, there are three names that come to mind. There used to be two. Now there are certainly three. First is Mike Caro. Everybody knows his works. Then there's Joe Navarro, who's done some good stuff. And I think you have to add to that trinity a young guy who's done some tremendous – he's written two books now. His name is Zachary Elwood. He wrote Reading Poker Tells a couple of years ago, and now he's come out with his new book, which is really uncharted territory. He's broken some new ground with verbal poker tells. Uh, Zachary, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Ashley. Hi. Uh, For our listeners who are not familiar with you, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and your background and then bring them up to the point where you decided to write this book? Sure. Uh, I've been playing poker seriously for 10 years you know, on and off, and uh, I played professionally for three of those years. And in 2012, I wrote Reading Poker Tells, which was, you know, about general behavior. Uh, It was well-received. It got some good reviews. Um, A lot of people liked it. And then uh, just a few few weeks ago, I finished my book, Verbal Poker Tells, which I've been working on for the last year, you know, pretty much uh, the last seven or eight months, pretty much full-time. So, uh yeah, that Good. something to hit it. So just for those who are particularly obtuse, what is a verbal poker tell? Well, I'd say a verbal poker tell is any, you know, uh, pattern that, that somebody has, you know, as to what they say or how they say it, any kind of audible utterance. Um, you know, that can, be, that can be words or it can even be, I include, you know, kind of like sighing and other audible things in there too. Anytime anybody has a pattern that, Gives you some information about their hand. All right. Well, let's say I'm uh, I'm coming down to my neighborhood poker room. Let's say it's um, Horseshoe Hammond up uh-huh. near Chicago, and uh, I'm playing in a two-five game, and there's some young guy at the table, and he's good but not great. He talks a lot. How am I going to pick up anything based on what he says? Can you give me a couple or three examples? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's definitely some you know patterns that um, that come up. You know, in the book, I talk about it's all about observing somebody first and seeing if they you know fit some of these patterns. And uh, a lot of recre- more recreational players, you know, the more recreational and amateur they are, the more likely they'll fit into you know general patterns, and you can pick up stuff. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that comes up a lot that I talk about in the book is um, it's pretty rare for a player you know who's who's bluffing to 
to make what I call weak hand statements. You know, usually buffers or players with weak hands uh, don't want to weaken their range by saying something, uh, you know, weak about their hand. And a lot of times this comes up uh, with somebody who's uh, somebody's bet on the river, for example, and you ask them, like, oh, do you have trips or whatever the hand is, you know, whatever whatever some strong hand is. And a lot of times players will, you know, weaken their hand range and say, oh, I don't have that hand, you know. Uh, and that's pretty much, you know, for most people, that's a sign that they have a strong hand because most bluffers or players who aren't comfortable don't want to take away, you know, good hands from their hand range verbally. So, you know, a lot of times people will say stuff like that. They'll be like, oh, I, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the straight or whatever, you know, some, they'll take away some value hand out of their range. And that's almost always a sign that they're relaxed and that they're comfortable and, you know, want to call. I think the example you gave um, in your book was if you were to ask a question, uh, do you have nine, ten? And he re- responds quickly, no. That's a pretty good indication. He probably doesn't have nine ten, and he probably has a strong hand, at least in that situation, because he wouldn't have answered so quickly and definitively uh, to make his hand look weaker. Uh, the other answers that were possible uh, could just be blather. But when somebody does, you know, talks down their hand, it's right. Un- right. I. I understand. Let, let me ask you a couple of other things, if you can make some generalities, and then uh, I'm also looking for some other examples. Do you find – let me put it this way. I have found that, again, there are always exceptions, but for the most part – and poker is a game of probability, not certainty. For the right. most part, players tend to be reluctant to lie boldly even though they'll be deceptive, and I'm not sure why it is. It, you know, it wouldn't trouble me at all if I said, all right, tell me this. Are you, do you have a flush? If the guy says no, most of the time he doesn't have a flush. Uh, he may have a hand stronger than a flush, or he might answer, well, I really i will have to think about that, or I'm not sure, I'll have to check again. He might equivocate, but if somebody answers definitively, uh, it's usually the case that their definitive answer is not a complete lie. Do you find that's true? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a whole section devoted to truth-telling and deception. And, yeah, I think that's really true. I mean, that's I talk a good amount about that, you know, especially recreational players who aren't that serious. And even for even for experienced players, nobody really likes to lie, it seems like, you know. Um, they, you know, people will like – when they deceive, they usually deceive in more subtle ways, you know, they – they, they talk around the hand or something. But usually when somebody says, you know, they have something or they don't have something or they limit it in some way, yeah, it, it is often true. And I say in the book, too, especially, like you said, when, when players talk about hands they don't have, it's it's even more likely to be true because, you know, it, it limits their hands, hand even less than, you know, saying a specific hand. You know, when if they just say a hand they don't have, it re- doesn't really limit their hand as much. And that's how you... That's why you find a lot of players who say what they don't have, you know, are, are, are almost always telling the truth. That's great. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. 
This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. Not really. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, Listeners, we are talking with Zach Elwood, the author of his second poker book, Verbal Poker Tells. Uh, What other generalities can you make? I mean, I've noticed that when... I'm doing, by the way, I'm asking questions exactly how I tell people not to ask questions because nobody cares what I think. They want to know what you think. But I care what I think, so I'm going to answer it this way anyway. uh, I've noticed that when people tend to talk about their hands gratuitously as opposed to responding to other people's questions, if they just start volunteering when a guy's trying to decide whether to call or fold, if my opponent starts talking about his hand, he's chatty, I tend to give him credit for a good hand because I found generally that players who are on a bluff tend to be quiet. Have you noticed that, or is that an overgeneralization that really there there are better ways of looking at those two traits? I think that's a good generalization. I have a section in the book talking, it it refers to when players talk about their own hand strength, you know, especially after they've bet. And, you know, I, I think there's a good reason why, you know, in general, you know, players who are chatty after they bet, are going to be relaxed, but also somebody who specifically talks about uh, their own hand strength is, is also it's going to be strength a lot because uh, you know somebody who's bluffing doesn't want to unintentionally give a clue as to what they they have you know so uh, that's why a lot of the times somebody talks about their own hand strength it's going to be from somebody who's relaxed because just because bluffers don't want to accidentally clue you in you know walk you through a hand or talk about hands they could have because it you know. Who knows what, what reaction that could have with their opponent. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a good generalization to, to say that players that talk about their own hand strength, you know, especially after they've bet, are, are going to be strong. So, okay, so you're a knowledgeable player. You've written a couple of books, and you're sitting at a table. Do you actually try to engage people in conversation, or do you have you noticed what certain things mean, but you yourself don't actually – use these things, these tricks, so to speak, to draw people out? You know, it's funny. I, I didn't used to do that very much. And then after writing this, as I got kind of got clued into some things that I thought were lesser known, you know, as far as like probes or, you know, questions you can ask that, you know, are, are kind of lesser known. Uh, I've, I've been more likely to do it lately. and But it's usually, it's not like I waste a lot of time on it. It's more like if I'm really on a, on a tough decision, you know, I'll kind of use that to be sort of a, you know, uh, give me a little bit more information as I'm making up my mind, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it can be valuable. And I think, uh, you know, I think my book helps explain a lot of, you know, what the kind of edges that uh, experienced poker players get from talking to opponents. You know, like you, you see a lot of, you know, clips with Daniel Negreanu and other experienced players talking to amateur players, you know, at the WSOP. And I think my book helps explain some of the things they're picking up and some of the clues they're getting and how they're manipulating their opponents like that. Okay, well, here's a example from a hand that uh, could easily come up, and I'm just wondering how you might approach it. You uh, 
you started with a pair of queens, and uh, you're playing no limit. You're in early position. You raised three times a big blind. A pretty solid player, uh, not an ABC player, late position, calls you. You don't know if he's calling you because he hopes to steal the pot from you later on or if he calls you because he actually has a couple of good cards. He could go either way. So you raise three times a big blind. He calls the flop, three low cards, um, two of them suited. You bet uh, 75% of the pot. He calls again. Maybe he's calling with air, hoping to take away from you on the turn. Maybe he is slow playing trips. Maybe he has uh, a medium pair and is trying to figure out what you're doing. You have no idea. And then the turn, some blank comes, um, pairs one of the low cards, still two suited cards on board. Now you bet uh, 80% of the pot. Maybe, you know, the pot's up to a few hundred. You bet a couple hundred. And uh, he shoves on you. Okay, so, wow, you didn't expect that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Been slow playing trips. Did he hit a full house? Is he representing top two pair? What's going on here? Um, Mm -hmm. No overcards, just two, you know, can't even make a straight out of it. Maybe he has a full house. What might you ask him to get him to reveal some information he doesn't want to reveal? I mean, it's a it's a hard thing because if I think he's a good player, if you think he if, if I think he's good, then you know it's it's usually going to be pretty unlikely that you get something from somebody like that. I mean, it, it, a lot of it will depend on his uh, skill level, you know. But one of the things I might ask him if I thought he was liable to give me something, if I thought he was the type to give me something and I could rely on it, I might you know I might ask something like uh, you know do you have do you have trips or something and um, and see how he responds, you know, uh, to that or I mean, there's not there's not a lot of good stuff. Most of the stuff in the in the book comes from people unintentionally speaking on their own, and you know things like that. Uh, but I would say I would say I'd ask if you know if he had trips and see how he responded. Sometimes it's just like non nonverbal behavior you can get from people. You know, like how they how they respond, how they make eye contact. Okay, things like that. fair enough. Uh, what if yeah. he says? And you see this especially in a one-two game. We're not talking about you know professional poker players. You see this with mm-hmm. a lot of home game heroes who think they know how to play. He shoves and he says, you really don't want to call me. Uh, you, save your money. Don't call me. Right. Does that mean anything? Well, yeah. I talk about this in the book because there's the, the importance of situation is, is so important because, you know, a bet on the river is so much different than a bet on the turn because somebody could be betting with a, you know, a decent hand on the turn and then be completely, you know, be completely glad if you fold, and so they could, you know, somebody in that situation raising the turn there, you know, he could have a decent hand, but also be aware that I could have a, you know, I could have a strong draw or something he would like to see fold. So a lot of a lot of these hand, a lot of these situations where you hear players say like, oh yeah, you don't want to, you know, you want to fold, you, you don't want to call this. I got a good hand. A lot of those situations when it's not the final card will be like decent hands, but not really strong hands, you know. So you can kind of like. Uh, you know, you can kind of zoom in on that middle part of their strong hand range where it's like they have something where they're comfortable enough to talk, but also something where they don't mind if you fold, you know. Uh, so a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of those kinds of situations where that guy shoves on the, turn, on the turn like that, you know, will be something like a decent hand where he's value betting it, but also something where he's completely happy if I fold, you know. And I, you, hear a lot of, you hear a lot of people say things like, oh, I've got a good hand, you should fold. On the, you know, you'll hear, hear a lot of that when they're, 
doing something on the turn with a good hand, but they're also afraid of draws or something. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think just the mere the mere willingness to talk like that will will be an indicator of strength and relaxation, you know. But then it's, you always have to bring in knowledge of like, is this player tricky? Will he, you know, w- would he say something like this with, uh, you know, if he actually wanted to fold, you know? Uh, but I think in in general that kind of stuff will be from. Um, players who are more comfortable, but I think it, I think it does take out the top part of the range, you know, like if he had a really strong hand, he would, he would be unlikely to, to, to get you to fold. So a lot of times you can rule out people's strongest hands because uh, he's, it seems like he's trying to prevent action a little, at least a little bit, you know? Okay. I think that's a good answer. I, I have uh, want to turn the tables a little bit because sometimes we're playing against people who are asking us questions. And uh, I guess we have three general ways that we can respond we can either absolutely universally always do the same thing which is not to respond at all that may be the safest path for some people and that's probably my default if a guy says so you have you have a good hand are you raising with something i uh i either respond not at all or i say something that's totally uh incomprehensible or you could try to answer honestly and hope they don't believe you or answer dishonestly and uh Hope they believe you. And I'm wondering, so here's the example. Uh, I raise, I hit the flush on the river. The board is obvious. I hit the flush. Uh, I'm in late position. The guy checked to me. I bet big. And he says, so, you made your flush. Uh, How do you counsel pretty good players against other pretty good players, how they respond to stuff like that? Well, I think there's uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with saying nothing at all, you know, as long as you're consistent. And uh, but there's also nothing wrong with uh, with talking as long as you know, you know, that you're being balanced. Like you said, if you said if you're if you're responding with gibberish or anything, you know, anything you can think of that that doesn't give information, then you're fine. But you know, I, I think where, where most people people get in trouble is they want to talk, but then like they're much more likely to talk or ramble a little, little bit more when they're strong, you know, when they're relaxed. So uh, you know. I, so you just have to be aware of, you know, am I am I more likely to be talkative or to say certain things about my hand or to or to try to influence someone when I'm when I'm strong and relaxed versus like when I'm bluffing, am I more apt to just say one or two words and not be as talkative or not say anything at all, you know? So that's where most people have imbalances. So as long as you're aware, you know, of what possible information you could be giving, I think you're fine. And as long as you stay balanced, you know, and and, and are willing to say the same kinds of things when you're strong as or you know as as when you're weak you're fine. I mean, there's definitely lots of talking to players who it's hard to get information from because they're equally likely to do those things, you know, whether they're strong or weak, you know, like Negreanu and Phil Locke, you know, and televised poker, they're, they're hard to pin down because they're aware of, you know, how they can give, usually they're aware of how they can give information away so they stay balanced, you know. All right. I, I have a methodology question for you about how you came up with your book that I think will help our listeners see how valid it might be. Uh, truth be told, when you play poker, even if you play a lot, there aren't that many opportunities to really see whether somebody tends to bluff with certain cards or tends to go. Because, honestly, hands don't go to showdown all that much, at least with the same players. You don't get that great an exposure. And I, especially with certain hand ranges, a guy may play a certain hand range three times in a whole night and twice may not reveal what he has because everybody folds. So you would have a hard time figuring out, well, he tends to play this way with those cards. 
So how did you do your preparation for this book other than just your own personal observations live at the table? What else did you do? Well, most of the book is, uh, you know, most of the hand histories in the book, and the, and the book includes lots of hand histories from televised uh, poker footage, which is, I spent a lot of time going through um, televised poker footage, specifically footage with uh, amateur and recreational players to try to, um, you know, to log these hands and, and take notes on what people said. And that's where most of the, you know, most of the hand histories in the book come from and the examples I show. So, you know, a lot of, obviously I, I get to see the, the whole cards on most of that footage. Um, so I, I took a lot of notes. You know, I spent pretty much li- literally like two months straight um, full time, like logging uh, televised footage. And also I, whenever I played, I, you know, if, any, if I saw anything interesting, got to see uh, Showdown or, or The Hand, uh, you know, I took those notes. So the book is based on uh, a lot of notes I took and, um yeah, but but your point is valid. I mean, it, it points to the difficulties in, in implementing um, behavioral you know knowledge, because uh, you know mainly I think uh, these things are are most useful with players. You know, you've at least played like one session with, or even you know even during the course of the of one session. You know, a lot a lot of rec- really recreational players are easily categorized and you know and, and will easily meet most of the things I talk about in the book. You know, because they're they're not serious. You know, and then they're slipping with how they talk. You know, but uh, yeah, your point is valid. It, you know, it points to it definitely points to the difficulties of, of uh, gathering and, and, and implementing. You know, poker tell stuff. Right. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up, but I have one last question for you. You've written two books now. Is there any worthwhile reason to focus on tells for people who only play online? I mean, it's uh, there's not much you can get besides bed timing, and, and even that, you know. There's not much there because somebody could easily be taking a long time to act because they're multi-tabling or whatever. Pretty much the only, you know, behavioral thing online is an immediate call because that, you know, that can't be fake. Somebody's obviously immediately calling. But, you know, other than that, there's just, you know, not much else. I mean, unless you count, you know, uh, unless you count bet sizing, which, you know, I'm not I'm not including in behavioral stuff. So, yeah, there's not really much you can get behaviorally from online. And there are still chat windows. Sure, yeah, but, you know, not many people seem to, seem to chat online. Not yeah. anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> if somebody if somebody's chatting online, then, you know, that's a good sign. It means they're probably not too serious, so you got that going for you right away. So what's your next book? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, it would have to be a special project for me to work on another one because I feel like, you know, I, I felt like the verbal poker tells were so unrepresented in the literature and, and nobody really focused on it. That's why that's what made me feel good about focusing on it. But I don't know if I have anything else really special to say, you know, anytime soon. Okay, so. well you got a lot of special stuff to stay say with verbal poker tells. Zach, just leave us with the way that people can order the book. Uh well it's on all the major online sites, you know, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Pals books and things like that. But you can the ebook's pretty much only available on my website, readingpokertells.com. And there's a few different formats on there if people want to pick it up. Terrific. Well, thank you again for joining us. And uh, listeners, I've read the ebook version of Verbal Poker Tells. It's improved my game. I think it will improve yours. Thanks again, Zach, for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot, Ashley. I appreciate it. Okay, listeners, we'll be back after a quick break.
You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg. But did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of July 14, 2014. Nevada State gaming regulators approved the plan to link the state's online poker websites. The technology, which is operated by 888 Holdings, would be the model for a system that would run the shared online gaming network between Nevada and Delaware. Under the plan, the network would include WSOP.com, the poker room for Treasure Island, and a separate 888 poker room. Experts feel that the network would make it easier for casinos to market a wide range of poker products. An Ohio man was charged by the Pennsylvania Attorney General with giving gamblers tips on how to win at a roulette table he worked. Robert Vale is accused of telling gamblers which numbers to bet on when he worked the roulette table at the Meadows Casino. Court affidavit state Vale would aim the roulette ball for the number four when he tossed it into the wheel, increasing the player's odds of winning. Actor Kevin Pollack found out that a well-timed tweet can be worth $10,000. Pollock, an avid poker player, found himself without a sponsor for the World Series of Poker, so he sent out a tweet to see if anyone could help. Chuck Freed, president of TXMQ, responded, and the two worked out a deal in less than two hours. Kevin got his buy-in fee paid, and TXMQ got some big-time publicity. Hey, they were even mentioned on this week's gaming report. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. The Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is traveling around the region now. 
Upcoming stops include the Majestic Star Casino in Gary, Indiana, July 26th to August 3rd, and the Tropicana Evansville, Evansville, Indiana, August 16th to the 24th. The last event at the Majestic Star generated a prize pool of over $300,000, so don't be left out. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for registration and additional tournament information. The Mid-States Poker Tour. Finally, a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to the House of Cards. The way I see it, poker's like some kind of cosmic metaphor. It's like even though the cards fall in a random order that you can't possibly predict, you can still beat them. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. At least I hope you're listening because we got a great guest right now. He is from the Canadian Poker Tour. His name is Kelly Kellner. He's a returning guest. And, uh, Kelly, are you there? I certainly am, my friend. How are you? I am well. Now, I spoke to you a couple of years ago. There were a whole bunch of developments. You were reorganizing. You were doing this and not doing that. Bring us up to speed on the whole Canadian Poker Tour and your organization. What do you include now? What's going on? Well, we've got some exciting things happening. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the industry's kind of uh, shaking itself out and looking at uh, looking at some reorganization. And uh, you know, we've really seen in the last couple of years a lot of the the good, solid, long term players, the guys that do what they say they're going to do in the business, all coming together. And we've uh, we've been able to attract a number of those guys to our team. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some big announcements about to come. We've got a new CEO coming in, and we're actually going to be moving on to the new Canadian. Canadian Securities Exchange, uh, we will be able to still trade on the uh, on the uh, OTC markets in the U.S. as well as uh, we're also going to be cross-listing uh, on uh, on some European exchanges. Uh, as we've got some pretty exciting announcements, we uh, we've uh, after about four years of uh, playing the uh, bureaucratic and political process, we've been able to get the license to uh, operate and move forward in Canada with a poker cable television network, and with plans of once that's up and running to uh, to launch a sister network in the U.S. And for our business model, and uh, I think for the industry, it's going to be very exciting times. Uh, when is know, that happening? Next... Well, it's it's a process, and uh, uh, we've been aggregating content. We've got about thirteen hundred hours of poker content, plus uh, now signing contracts to start doing a lot more live streaming and live event coverage from our major events. So what we're really doing is we're really retooling for a very major 2015. Uh, but in the meantime, over the next six months, we are going to be uh, taking our existing casino partnerships to the next level and uh, and starting to work out the bugs so that uh, come 2015, you'll see an organization that will be uh, absolutely fantastic and give players some just some phenomenal opportunities. So we're really, really excited about uh, the finally the long-term payoff. You know, I've said this to a few people uh, 12 years later. We're almost an overnight success here now. <laughs> That's very funny. In 12 years, you're almost an overnight success. Tell us what the Canadian Poker Tour is right now. Where are your events and what are your well, events? 
We, we, uh, what we're trying to do now is uh, we're running, uh, we're running a number of, uh, of bigger series. We, uh, we have, uh, we have a big one coming up in Calgary at the end of July, July 24th to August 3rd, called the CPT Summer Showdown, running at the uh, Great Eagle Resort and Casino in Calgary. Uh, they just opened a brand new uh, eight-story, a brand new hotel, a 2,300-seat uh, uh, showroom, and it's just, it's absolutely, it's, it's the leading venue in Calgary right now. Uh, well, we, we ran an event there in April, uh, just wanting to test the markets with putting some guarantees on events up here. Uh, we ran a series with 250,000 in guarantees and had about 600,000 in actual uh, tournament buy-ins. And uh, so we stepped it up this time. We're running 10 events over 11 days, over $500,000 in guarantees between a number of the different events. Uh, so we're expecting this probably to be one of the biggest tournament series we've ever run. Uh, we've got other partnerships uh, in Vancouver. We just did an event with uh, Edgewater Casino in Vancouver. Uh, had a great little series with Hard Rock uh, Casino Vancouver, working on some stuff in Winnipeg, working on some stuff in Ontario. So uh, we've got uh, some, other, uh, some other new online partnerships that are coming together as well. We're working, uh, starting to work with uh, PlayNow.com, uh, which is the only uh, government-run online poker site, and it's the only regulated and approved poker site in Canada, although, you know, there's a number of other sites that are up and running in the gray area. But uh, PlayNow is, uh, is, operating, is operated by uh, the B.C. government, B.C.L.C., and Manitoba Lotteries, and a lot of, lot of, a lot of Quebec. So, uh, so we look forward to some really exciting things coming down the pipe with them. Okay, and, I got uh, a couple of other questions. At one no point, you had a magazine. Do you still? Yes, sir. We published that quarterly Canadian Poker Player magazine. Uh, the uh, the next we're working on the next edition right now. I'm trying to figure out a way to get my picture on the cover again. So I'm trying to trying to create some big and exciting things to uh, to warrant that. We uh, we're really trying to uh, we're really trying to build a, a true national network of events. Uh, you know, not so much going and just simply sanctioning every little event here and there, but running. You know, hopefully uh, by next year we'll be running monthly major events from Montreal to uh, to uh, the, uh, to the East Coast, to Winnipeg, to Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. So uh, it's looking uh, like some very positive things on the horizon. Well, Kelly, if you can't get your picture on the cover of your own magazine, uh, there's something wrong there. You guys run Canadian Poker Player Magazine, right? We, we, we certainly do, but uh, there's so many more people uh, that are very deserving some great uh, some great results. Although uh, you know we're working uh, we're working on a few things. We've done uh, uh, we've just done a small uh, sponsorship deal. Hopefully, working into a bigger deal with Ivy League, and uh, working on a uh, partnership with them to be the official training partner of the uh, Canadian Poker Tour. Uh, they're sponsoring our Summer Showdown series. So the player of the series is going to win. Uh, we've uh, oh actually one other big uh, big announcement we had here recently. We partnered with uh, with GPI with Global Poker Index, so now uh, uh, we've uh, we've let them take uh, take over the hard work of calculating points and uh, and uh, and putting up the uh, the numbers for our Player of the Year. So. Uh, as well as a number of player of the series. So our player of the series for the uh, Summer Showdown event is going to win, uh, uh, first of all, a uh, a Masters training package from Ivy League, as well as what is Ivy League? Is that is Ivy League affiliated with Phil Ivy? 
It certainly is. That's his online training site. Uh, they have uh, they have uh, membership programs and uh, very affordable. They've got an in, uh, an introductory. They've got a bachelor's, uh, which is I believe nine bucks a month or seventy bucks a year, and then uh, a master's package, which is five hundred bucks a year. But I tell you, just by being on that site, all you need is one quick little trick, one quick little point. You win one pot, and uh, uh, you know that thing's paid for itself. So we're really excited to be partnered with uh, with uh, with a group with such uh, such tremendous. Tremendous, tremendous uh, history behind them, and uh, it's uh, it's an exciting new uh, new venture that we hope will grow tremendously over the next couple All right. of years. Uh, I got a couple more questions about uh, Canadian Poker Tour. I understand. Uh, do you have any major professionals, Canadian professionals or other professionals, affiliated with your site? Uh, well, we've got a lot of very close friends that uh, that play with us. Gavin Smith, of course, has been uh, one of the biggest uh, supporters uh, of us throughout the years. He's a shareholder. He's, uh, you know, just an all-around good-hearted, tremendous individual, and he's uh, uh, he's so he's been very supportive of us. But uh, what we're trying to do right now through our uh, through our Player of the Year series, through our uh, our points race, is to really champion these players. There's, you know, in each city, there's a dozen handful of players, all of which all of which have never made the big leagues. We're trying to really, uh, we're trying to really create an opportunity by to to give them the limelight and create the new faces of poker and uh, and the uh, the next generation for uh, for players to follow. So that's uh, okay. That's an exciting uh, challenge that I'm really uh, I'm really trying to push forward. That's a good goal. Who who's been on your last few covers of your magazine? Oh, we had Mike Leaf, uh, who is uh, one of the, one of Team Ivy. He uh, he was on there recently. Uh, we had Dan. I think in the last edition we had Dan Adima, who uh, the Golden Boy out of Vancouver. Uh, he. Uh you know he's got a couple of a couple of bracelets as well as uh, he recently won our high ruler event at the last spring showdown event we did in Calgary. Uh, beat uh, beat a couple of great pros, uh, Jason Mann and uh, and an up a big up and comer, Bo Frick out of Calgary. So uh, Dan's uh, Dan's been a big supporter of us, and uh, we're uh, looking for him to come back and defend his title at our thirty three hundred dollar high roller hundred uh, k guarantee on that uh, coming up at the summer showdown. Great. Now Kelly, I'm talking to Kelly Kellner, who's from the Canadian Poker Tour. Are you yourself a player? Yes, sir, I am. I, uh, although I haven't been playing very much, I played, uh, you know, I had a good little run uh, going back over, I guess, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. I, I chopped the Punta Cana Poker uh, Classic down uh, down in uh, in the Dominican. We uh, had a great uh, great turnout. Uh, that event was run, won the previous two years by Canadians, and uh, we uh, we chopped, and then we just kind of played it out for five grand at the end, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, my uh, ace five, uh, ace three diamonds didn't hold up against the fives of uh, my buddy Matt Weber from LA. But um, so yeah, so that was a nice little win for eighty five k. Had a couple of good runs at uh, the WSOP circuit in Vancouver. Did you play in this ago. year's uh, World Series of Poker in Las Vegas? I have not. In fact, I uh, am so busy working on. Uh, uh, with the new management team that's coming in to uh, to our company, and uh, to be honest with you, I've, uh, you know, I played one tournament. I played the uh, the Gray Eagle Summer Classic, a little 550 event, and uh, and uh, it took a you know, I'm not going to tell you my bad beat story, but the, the Pocket Kings, which I'm now referring <laughs> to as Kelly Kellners, uh, he's the worst player in the tournament. Woke up with aces. I, I just wanted to trap this son of a gun, and I got him. And boy, oh boy, the Kelly Kellners didn't hold up one time. I don't know what's going on. Are you playing in the Calgary event? 
No, uh, I, don't, I don't play in the events that we uh, that we build and run and uh, and sanction. Although I've got uh, you know a lot of team members that are uh, that are coming in and doing a lot of the work. But uh, I'm uh, really doing some uh, some long term strategic planning. Uh, like I say, the launch of a poker cable television network for the poker industry has been a goal of mine for a number of years. Uh, we think it's going to really help this industry go next level, uh, as well as now that technology has developed, uh, where with the RFID cards and chips and tables, uh, we can we can start to produce and and uh, and air a lot more tournaments, uh, real time and live live event coverage. You know, we've produced 30 hours of television, but it costs between 150 and 180 thousand dollars per hour to produce. With new technology now, we can do it for 25 to 30, which makes uh, makes the company's business model a lot more attractive. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm really behind the scenes trying to uh, trying to build a tremendous team to help this industry accelerate to where I think it looks like it's going over the next few years. Great. Uh, one last question: If I want to buy shares of stock, uh, you said you're on the Canadian exchange. Is that open to anybody that wants to? How do I find your listings? What so What's we're, your website? Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're actually just uh, we're actually just doing a new IPO, which is going to take the uh, the previous shares of Heads Up Entertainment. We're going to be doing. Uh, uh, doing a vend in of those, so that uh, that stock HDUP uh, trading on the uh, Nasdaq sheets. Uh, you can still buy some shares in in that company, and then watch for uh, information coming out. We haven't got our new symbol. We're just we're just building the new IPO. It should be up and trading within 60 to 75 days, is what I'm told. So. Uh uh, so everybody should just keep an eye on that. Keep watching our press releases and go to our website, CanadianPokerTour.tv, for all the latest information. CanadianPokerTour.tv for all the latest yeah. information. Kelly Kellner, thank you for joining us. I look forward to your big relaunch in 2015. Thank you, my friend. Love to see you up in Canada one of these days. Hey, you fly me up there, I'll be there. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. That was Kelly Kellner, Canadian Poker Tour listeners. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fort Lee, and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Texas Hold'em, daily tournaments, and sit-and-goes. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you trust, so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure. And now with the $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Midwest poker players now have a poker tour to call their own. 
the Mid-States Poker Tour. The Mid-States Poker Tour is designed to cater directly to poker players. Great locations, deep stack tournaments, affordable buy-ins, and most importantly, large prize pools. This year, with over 20 events in nine states, the Mid-States Poker Tour provides an exciting opportunity for poker in one of the most underrated poker hotbeds in the country. Check out their website, msptpoker.com, for upcoming tournaments near you. The Mid-States Poker Tour, finally a poker tour designed for poker players. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Atlantic City. It will change every idea you ever had about winning and losing. Susan Sarandon, she has the ambition. Burt Lancaster has the experience. Alone, they might not make it. Together, they might not survive. Burt Lancaster, Susan Sarandon, Atlantic City. For everyone who's ever needed one more chance. Welcome back to House of Cards. Um, Doug, that sounded like Jack Webb from Dragnet. Do you know who voiced that uh, promo for Atlantic City? You know what? It, that That is one of the cheesiest promos, I thought. I mean, we, we cut out all the weird scenes in it. and But, uh, no, 1980 film. Great, great, great film. I love that film. Yeah, Burt Lancaster. Nothing about gambling in it. Um, no, no. <laughs> but uh, it would be nice to make a movie now about Atlantic City. Uh, some of it hasn't changed at all. The uh, yeah. the main drag, the downtown, which is a uh, poster child for why you shouldn't have casinos in your neighborhood. Well, they, they bulldozed a lot of that um, behind where I think Resorts was. Now they have um, uh, outlet, high-end outlets, I guess they call them now. You know, like they have, uh, you know, Tiffany's, but it's an outlet store. <laughs> Just in time for Pennsylvania and Delaware to take all their business away from Yeah, them. yeah. Just in time for Maryland Live to, <laughs> to right. take away That's the right. uh, boardwalk. So what do we have uh, this week? Dave? Well, one of the big stories is the Pennsylvania online, proposed online gaming. Uh, a um, They introduced a bill this week, and a lot of people were commenting on it, and they want to know, what do you think? The Do you think Pennsylvania or California will be the next to get online gaming? Well, knowing absolutely nothing about the state of things internally in either state, but knowing something about Pennsylvania and something about California, I'd well, have to you're say... You're originally from Pennsylvania, right? I was born in Pennsylvania, born in Pennsylvania. and then uh, returned there uh, after I started my career as a community organizer. Lived there when I first got married between 1983 and 1988. Um, but what I know about the legislative process in Pennsylvania is that things happen much more quickly than they do in California, which tends to be you know, much larger, more contentious. Not that Pennsylvania hasn't been contentious, but relatively speaking, it's you know a, a small fraction of the size of California. I would guess if there really is legislation and if there are boosters behind it, it could very easily go more quickly in Pennsylvania. Uh, in California, you have such a fracturing of the state. You have the Indian reservations. You have... Uh, a lot of different interests there. The state is huge, so I would guess Pennsylvania. But who knows? Well, we got a couple questions. We did we did a news story on the I think the one of the biggest casino boondoggles in uh, this nation's history 
was the Revel who just Revel. who yeah. just filed for bankruptcy uh, for the second time, <laughs> and um, and we we got a lot of response from that. I just want to give you two people who emailed us, Steve. I hope I'm saying this right, from Lahaska, Pennsylvania. He claims the Revel, quote, the casino project was a mess from the beginning, floors were undone, and the basic layout of the casino design was terrible. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think I was telling you, if I didn't ask someone where the poker room was in the Revel, I would have never found it. Well, I have not been to the Revel. I've listened to your stories. I've read about it. The horror stories. How tough it is. But I got to tell you, uh, right up there, May be Foxwoods. Um, Foxwoods Casino is having serious hard times, which yeah. sounds absurd for a huge casino like Foxwoods. But well, from what I understand, they're cutting back on um, workers, and I guess they're cutting back on hours for table games. Am I correct about that one? Well, or? they've closed oh, well, they some of them. the casinos. They have, you know, wow. five, seven, and nine casinos within the complex. And they've closed a couple of them, the Rainmaker and one other, uh, for all the time during the week. Uh, there are large areas that are just roped off and dark during the week. Wow. Poker room is down. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, deathly, but it's definitely down. Uh, you still get, you know, seventy percent, sixty percent of the hundred table room filled on busy weekend nights. But during the week, it's just uh, a, a shadow of its former self. Well, l- let me ask you. I mean, Foxwoods is huge. I mean, it's just enormous. Do they fall under the trap of being too ambitious? I mean, l- let me tell you something. The Revel wanted to be more of a resort. They set themselves out way off north of the boardwalk. I mean, you really had to walk to get there. They bought the beachfront property because they want a private beach. So they have all their waiters go out and, you know, help out their customers and things like that. And and the same way with Foxwoods, it's just enormous. I mean, do they get, are they asking for too much from these customers to come and support them like that? Um, I know that the, the major decline happened when Foxwoods invested in MGM. Yeah. And they built that new and huge, casino uh, that's a good three-quarters of a mile from the other side of the complex, Uh, and their debt service is enormous. They have not kept up with their debt service. Mm -hmm. They elected to pay their annual dividend to their tribal members rather than pay off the debt that they were obliged legally to pay off. I think there's some hubris there because they feel uh, there's nothing that a creditor can do as far as taking possession of the tribal land. But people that go more frequently than I, and I go fairly frequently, a couple, three times a month, uh, tell me that it's during the week it's just really deserted and that they've cut back a lot on the comps, uh, the drinks, not that that matters a lot, <laughs> but they used to serve name liquor and now it's all uh, bottom shelf, at least in the poker room. Uh, and people are just feeling that it's going down. Um, I can't imagine with all of the revenue that they've brought in, that they can't resurrect themselves. But we'll see. We'll now, see. does Foxwoods own any other properties in any other states? Unlike Mohegan Sun, yeah, I don't think – I know that they were bidding for properties in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. did not get them. Okay. Uh, and I don't believe there's a Foxwoods anywhere else. Uh, yeah. They do. They have diversified somewhat to the extent that having uh, – uh, 
golf courses is di- diversifying. A construction company is diversifying. But as far as properties, I don't believe they have any other properties. Yeah, because I know Mohegan Sun owns property in the Poconos and Correct. also in Atlantic City, and they just signed a deal to start their online poker or online casino there. So I guess they have right. to. Well, the poker room at yeah. uh, Mohegan has been going gangbusters. That's what my sources tell me. <laughs> I have not, uh, since I started playing in a, for entertainment purposes only, home game uh, in my home, I have not ventured forth to Foxwoods nearly as frequently as I had before. Uh, it's just much more convenient to play in my house for entertainment purposes <laughs> only, of course. I love the way you have to say that. I think. Yes. I, I, we're stupid now. Uh, now, I know New York and Massachusetts are, are proposing uh, casinos now. Is, is that the end of Foxwoods? I mean, if that happens, does Foxwoods have to really seriously look at their future? I think they're looking at the future now. Yeah. I don't know what New York uh, casinos will do to Foxwoods. I mean, they've survived. I mean, Massachusetts yeah. would be the biggest blow. Yeah. I mean, you well, have. I know Foxwoods uh, advertises with the Yankees. I see on their broadcast. So, But the New York locations are not New York Metro. Foxwoods would still be closer uh, to many areas of New York, or at least as close yeah. as uh, upstate New York, central New York, northern New York, where the sites are. Yonkers, yeah. for example. Yeah. They're not. One, one on the Hudson now. And yeah, one, but uh, north. Okay. North. On the Hudson, so yeah, I think near uh, Terrytown and around there. Oh, that okay, area, that's oh. one proposed that site. We'll see. I mean, uh, oh, every town is proposing a site now. It's not Saratoga. Saratoga, reje- ironically, yeah, Saratoga yeah. rejected it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I've asked Nolan Dalla, who's of course the casino expert that comes on, and others. What is the saturation point? I mean, you can't just keep draining the economy, and let's face it, gambling is a drain on the economy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can't just do that forever. <coughs> There's a finite number of dollars out there. Um, well, I, I can't the, believe uh, law of diminishing long. returns, right? Right. right. <laughs> so so you wonder. You wonder. Um, I'm all for the, you know, the development in Massachusetts, but I have no high hopes that this is going to somehow resurrect uh, Springfield, uh, which is where one of them is definitely going now. So we'll see. Anyway, Happy uh, Happy July Fourth weekend! Yes, it's coming up fairly yeah. soon, and I'll be out in Las Vegas uh, for Absolutely. the World Series, and I'll be happy to report back. Until then, listeners, uh, have a good day and have good luck. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.